0: Good morning. Today is Sunday, May the 12th, 2012. May the 13th, 2012. We're at Mother's Day. We're at the First United Methodist Church, Fountain Valley, California, through the Bible Sunday School class. We've been in the book of Ezekiel. We're in chapter 21, verse 28 today. And I'm going to open us in prayer. It's going to be a short class today. Father, we thank you very, very much for your word, that you have, between your spirit and your word, left us everything we need for godliness, righteousness, to the endurance of the saints until we see you. We thank you that your purposes are very intentional for your people, for the history and the time that we're in at this time, Lord, that you have a plan that we have been born for such a time as this. We ask you to write your word on our hearts. Ezekiel saw that better than anyone the eternal covenant that would be of a different order than the previous covenant that his people had broken. So teach us from your word, enlighten us, illumine us, Lord, so we can see clearly what it is that you are, the Spirit is saying to the church. And we'll be grateful for that. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I think about the uh, history at this time and and how it's really no different than today where people think, you know, do I really want to believe this? Is, is this actually that's been prophesied going to come to pass? Well, that's what they thought in their day too. That surely the Lord wouldn't judge them and they were his people and the false prophets said that to them and they said, yeah, that makes sense to us. And so when you think about it, they're in exactly the same mindset as people today could be. That I wake up, every day's the same. There's not going to be any judgment. There's not going to be, you know, a final day. You know, I'm not going to see my maker, whatever. But it's not any different, is it? It's all the same. And they have that proverb, remember, that said the Lord will delay his word. And he says, no, I'm going to do it right now. I'm not delaying. Um, We had looked last week at the last, at about ten chapters of Jeremiah. And if you remember, it was for the purpose of remembering what had happened and that there were three deportations to Babylon and that uh, Jehoiachin went to Babylon, but Zedekiah, who was told by Jeremiah to surrender, he even asked Jeremiah, pray to the Lord, Tell, ask the Lord what I should do. Jeremiah tells him, this is what the Lord said, and he wouldn't do it. And he said, surrender to the Babylonians, and what did he do? He tried to flee by night, and they overtook him, and he went before the king, and his sons were killed, and his eyes were put out, and he should have listened to Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah will tell the remnant, don't budge. Stay right here and just trust God and wait on him. And they're afraid now. They've had all these coups because remember Gedaliah got killed and thrown into the cistern with a whole bunch of people. This is like 10 chapters of Jeremiah and the people are scared and they decide to go to the safe place, which is where? Egypt. Jeremiah said, don't go there. And they said, we're going and you're going with us. So get in the back seat and shut up. (laughs) Put your seatbelt on. (laughs) So they went to Egypt and Ezekiel's going to know this because we're going to have some prophecies coming up. This whole book is so amazing. Even mentioning, I think, one of the cities that they were dwelling in. And Ezekiel will actually have four chapters as we get a little deeper in of judgment on Israel I mean on uh, Egypt it starts at chapter 29 but in chapter 29 at verse 16 the lord says through ezekiel and it shall never again be the reliance of the house of israel egypt recalling their iniquity when they turn to them for aid. In other words, this is the last time my people will ever turn to Egypt. They will never turn again. Well, one of the reasons they'll never turn again is Egypt is going to be taken down, 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 and never rise again as a nation of any significance. That's what Ezekiel prophesies. And earlier in chapter 29 as the Lord is prophesying against them through Ezekiel, he says at verse 6, Because you, Egypt, have been a staff of reed to the house of Israel, when they grasped you with the hand, you broke and tore all their shoulders. And when they leaned on you, even though they shouldn't have, but they did, when they leaned on you, you broke and made all their loins to shake. That's like saying to somebody, yeah, come on over here, we'll take care of you. Just come on, come on, come on, come on. Now you come, and they say, we don't have anything for you. There was nothing in Egypt for them. Egypt encouraged them, baited them, and when they got there, provided them nothing. Okay? And so, because they did that, they will be judged. Pharaoh was called earlier in verse 3 of this chapter, the great dragon that lies. The great dragon that lies. That dragon concept is carried out um, in one other place. The dragon, we'll see it in one of those four chapters. He's called, oh, at 32 verse 2. You consider yourself, Pharaoh, a lion of the nations, but you are, are like a dragon in the seas. So you're a dragon. I'm going to take out the dragon. In fact, the more he talks about the dragon, you kind of hear Revelation, don't you? Some of these themes of the great dragon that will be cast into the lake of fire. So they went to Egypt. They relied on Egypt. And the Lord said there at verse 16 of 29, you will never again, never again do this. So Jeremiah says, don't do it, don't do it. But they drag him along. And actually, you read the book, rest of the book of Jeremiah and you never find out what happens to Jeremiah. And, of course, we think that maybe he died in Egypt. We don't really know. Or maybe he went back to Amathoth. We don't really know. So there was somebody that threw their hat in with the people of God that had a hard way to go. And at every point, he had to stick with them, even though they were a disobedient house. Jeremiah will call Judah, the southern kingdom, a treacherous sister. Because, you know, they always kind of stood prideful against yeah. Samaria, the northern kingdom, capital of. You know, we're, we have the temple. We're really God's people. Yeah. Okay, we're where it really happens. You all don't even pilgrimage to us anymore for Passover and Feast of Tabernacles, but we're the last of God's real people. We're not like you. And the Lord says through Jeremiah in chapter three you are a treacherous sister and you can read Jeremiah 3 in the word treacherous, Ezekiel will call Judah the corrupt sister. And uh, he will actually say that Samaria and Judah are prostitutes. And that's coming up for us in chapters... When do we have that? Chapter 23, their names are Ahola. An Aholibah. Ahola is Samaria, Aholiabah is Judah. And Judah at verse eleven, your sister Aholabah, she saw you and she became more corrupt than her sister in her lust and in her whoring. So, would you like that for God's people to say you're just a couple of whores? <laughs> Thanks, Lord not doing much for my self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> so, back to 21. So we get that little flavor here of what's going on. Jeremiah with the people in Jerusalem. Ezekiel with the exiles in Babylon. So, um, we had just had a little discussion at the where we had left off about Zedekiah. He was called a wicked one, a prince of Israel, at verse 25, And you, O profane wicked one, prince of Israel, whose day has come, the time of your final punishment. Thus says the Lord God, remove the turban, take off the crown. Things will not remain as they are. In other words, you're king now, but you're not going to be king. Exalt that which is low and bring low that which is exalted, which you can hear a little Isaiah in there, can't you? Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill made low. A ruin, a ruin, a ruin. So we know about repetition in the Bible. Three ruins. So what is he trying to say? A ruin. (laughs) A ruin. Okay. Um, I will make it. This also shall not be until he comes, the one to whom judgment belongs. In other words, you're not going to be king, but there is a king coming, the one to whom judgment belongs, the righteous judge. And I will give the crown to him, the it to him. So the king came one time as a suffering king with mockery that he was king over his cross, but he is king of kings. Zedekiah wasn't even of the Davidic line, so uh, that's what's going to happen there. So there we have some prophecy looking forward to the true king, the one to whom the crown belongs. Verse 28, And you, son of man, prophesy and say, so now that's Ezekiel hearing from God, and he's most commonly called son of man in here. Thus says the Lord God concerning the Ammonites and concerning their reproach. A sword, a sword is drawn for the slaughter. It is polished to consume and to flash like lightning. While they see for you false visions, while they divine lies for you, to place you on the necks of the profane wicked whose day has come, the time of their final punishment. Return it to its sheath in the place where you were created in the land of your origin. I will judge you, and I will pour out my indignation upon you, and I will blow upon you with the fire of my wrath and deliver you into the hands of brutish men, skillful to destroy. The Babylonians were very brutish and very skillful. And their destructions. Interesting thing too is a lot of the officers that were in Jerusalem, they knew, they even said, You're being punished by your God. We could go back to Jeremiah and look at that. And so the world knows a lot about what's going on, even though they don't choose to obey the word themselves. Yeah, blow upon you with the fire of my wrath and deliver you into the hands of brutish men. You shall be fuel for the fire. Your blood shall be in the midst of the land. You shall no more You shall be no more remembered, for I, the Lord, have spoken. So concerning the Ammonites. We're going to have a little more coming up about judgment on these various nations at chapters 25, 26, 27. We're going to look at um, Ammon, Moab, and Seir. Remember, Moab were the descendants of Lot and his incestuous relationship with his two daughters after the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. And Seir is the biblical reference to Edom, because that's the big mountain in Edom. And Edom, special land given by God to the descendants of Esau. Okay? In fact, somewhere in the Jews' wanderings they were told they couldn't have any of Edom. Yeah, so the Lord actually somehow is involved in the allocation of the real estate of the earth. And even the part that United States enjoys. Somehow has been granted to us by God, you know we probably think it was the Louisiana Purchase and uh the uh you know the Homestead Act, but it was probably God that allowed us to push through from the Atlantic to the Pacific and even have what we have now, and we should probably take warning too that when you when God gives you things and you don't do it right. There's always a price to pay. So we have a price to pay, too, as we're throwing our babies, unborn babies, into uh, hazardous waste dump. Yes. Yeah. That's just a pitiful thing. Um, so we have a price to pay. But there's going to be prophecy more against Ammon, sons of Ammonites, Moab, Seir, Tyre, And Tyre, there's a lot about Tyre and lament for the king of Tyre. That's chapters 26 and 27, 28. And then we have four chapters on Egypt 29, 30, 31, 32. So now you know what's on God's mind. Okay? And then we will have a complete change of how the book goes at chapter 33. Okay? Ezekiel, Israel's watchman. Why will you die, Israel? So the the book's going to change prophecy about the shepherds, what a bad shepherd looks like, what a good shepherd looks like. And um, so that's how and where we are. So at chapter 22, And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, And you, son of man, will you judge, will you judge the bloody city? The rhetorical question. Then declare to her all her abominations. You shall say, thus says the Lord God, a city that sheds blood in her midst, so that her time may come that makes idols to defile herself. You have become guilty by the blood that you have shed, and defiled by the idols that you have made, and you have brought your days near. The appointed time of your years has come. Therefore I have made you a reproach to the nations, and a mockery to all the countries, Those who are near you and those who are far from you will mock you. Your name is defiled. You are full of tumult. The favor that you have or the lack of favor that you have by those around you is even granted of God. Yeah. And uh, the time that Jesus had, he grew in stature and favor among God and men. Do you remember that after... He was lost at the festival, and they found him, because that was a period of time. And then, as he was teaching the truth, healing the people, and we know that favor went against him, and the gospel writers are clear about how he was escaping through the crowd, and they wanted to stone him and all this, because his time was near. See, So uh, he didn't have to say, why is this happening to me? What well, was always going to happen like that? See? So now you have a picture here in the scriptures that the fact that the nations left you alone and the queen of Sheba came to you, admiring your wisdom, was a time granted by God. And this, when the nations are mocking you, is another time in God's purpose. Behold, the princes of Israel in you, everyone according to his power, has been bent on shedding blood. Father and mother are treated with contempt in you. So now we're going to have the nature of their sins and details. Okay? Treating parents with contempt. The fatherless and the widow are wronged in you. Well, the main way you wrong a fatherless and a widow who's vulnerable is to financially take advantage of them. You see that happening today. They call it elder abuse in 2012. Okay? There's a lot of safeguards in place because of elder abuse by the government. I sell securities, I sell insurance products, and annuity salesmen are known to abuse the elderly. And the elderly are vulnerable because A, they're not processing as well, B, they're very fearful of their money and having enough until they die. It's a big thing in elderly people. That they won't have enough. That's why they won't spend their money and they start stockpiling in their houses because they're going to live longer than their money. That's their fear. And so you have special things, even how you advertise to the elderly in security products because elderly are taken advantage of. And one of my elderly clients was just taken advantage of by an annuity salesperson. He paid a $12,000 surrender charge because he was told, to get rid of Midland life insurance policy that he had annuity and to buy American equity. And they turned one into two, and he was told that he would get a bonus and a tax loss that would far outweigh the $12,000 surrender charge, which was all bogus. And he went to a seminar in a hotel, and he was vulnerable. Okay, Well, that's the kind of thing the Lord's referring to here. That's how you wrong the fatherless and the widow people that most need protection. So even our government has protections. And I told him, you can call a hotline, and there will be discipline for these two two salespeople that did this to you. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't want to do that. And Mm -hmm. so there's nothing that can be done. He has to be willing to say, I just got abused. But that's another thing. It's pride. We don't want to say, I was schnookered. Okay? It's really hard to say because in life, elderly people were with it. And so they don't want to say, I'm not with it anymore. And this guy got his hooks into me, see? So this is what the Lord is telling them. You have got to deal, see that we are out of time, with people. I'll just finish all the wrongs and we'll tie it up. You've despised my holy things, profaned my Sabbath. There are men in you who slander to shed blood, and people in you who eat on the mountains, they commit lewdness. And men uncover fathers' lewdness. They violate women who are unclean. So sexual habits, committing abominations with neighbors' wife, defiling daughter-in-laws, violating sisters, and taking bribes, interest, taking interest and profit to make gain of your neighbors by extortion, and forgotten me. So now you have a list of the sins. It's choir practice time, and I'm going to let George.
1: Lord, we thank you for your word. Um, Lord, it is, uh, it's life to us. Lord, it uh, renews our mind. And, uh, and we thank you for it. And we look to you. And we bless your name. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Bible Study Verse by Verse with Vicki Mulack. For more of these podcasts and some resources, Please go to our website at www.biblestudyvbv.org. That's www.biblestudy. V is in Victor, B is in Boy, V is in Victor. The VBV stands for Verse by Verse. dot org. org There you can register and contact us, or just leave a comment. We welcome your feedback. Thank you. This is George Mulek.